You might be sitting here today, or maybe you're listening online. Maybe you're on Facebook Live, and, and you kind of run across this, and maybe this land update has caught your attention. But maybe you, maybe you need to come back. Maybe there's an area in your life that you need to come back. You know, I'm, I, there, there have been many times that I've needed a comeback, but I do know this. When we need a comeback, it's because there's been a setback. There's been a setback in our life. Things are just not right. And I've mentioned many examples in the, in the past few sermons, and Jackson has last week, but when you know something's not right, it's got to be fixed. It's a major setback. And so I'm here to remind you of this, and I've shared this before. Your setback is just a setup for the comeback God wants to put in your life. Your setback is a setup your setback is a setup for the comeback that God wants to do in your life. If you don't catch anything, catch that. So don't think that you're too far. Jackson shared a wonderful message about the Apostle Paul last week. Paul's life, you think, oh, he's way too far. There's no way. He's killing Christians. I don't think there's anyone here who has killed Christians just because they're a Christian, okay? If you have, just maybe let me know and maybe we could talk through that. But you are not too far gone. Your setback is not too far gone. Well, Frank, you don't understand my health situation. Frank, you don't understand my marriage. Frank, you don't understand my finances. Frank, you don't know what I've done. You don't understand all the mistakes that I've made, all the people that I've cut out of my life. You don't understand my setback. Yeah, I probably don't, but God does. And your setback is a setup for God to do a comeback in your life. We talked about Joseph's comeback. What an amazing comeback story. Now, Joseph's comeback, he didn't really do anything wrong. Sometimes, sometimes setbacks happen when when we're just doing life and we're just trying to live for the Lord and man, things just happen. We get rejected. We get falsely accused. We, we, got, we get forgotten. That's what happened to Joseph. And one thing we learned through Joseph is that your story is a part of God's story. Your setback is a story that God is crafting in order to do something incredible. Also, God goes a distance with you. We learned that with Joseph. God was with Joseph all, all the way through his, uh, through his setbacks and his comebacks. He would, he would have a setback and, and God would lift him to a comeback and have another setback. Again, nothing he did, but just, it just happens. And then another comeback and then another setback. You ever, you ever feel like that's happening in your life? It's like, man, I, I got a break and then something else happens. It's like, man, I can never win. Sometimes setbacks happen because of nothing we've done. Sometimes things happen, setbacks happen because of things we have done. We, uh, we talked about week two about a sick woman who was sick for 12 years. She needed a medical comeback. She had spent all of her money on doctors, and she says, you know what, enough 
is enough. I need to come back, and I need to do something crazy. I'm going to push my way through the crowd, and I'm going to touch the, the outer robe of Jesus' garment, and I believe that Jesus' power is going to heal it. Because guess what? I've heard about Jesus. I've seen him heal people, and I'm ready to have some of that. She actually took healing from Jesus. She did. Her faith was so strong, she took it from him. So what, is it, what do we learn from, from the sick woman? We learn, try something different. On your way to your comeback, you need to try something different. You also need to make bold, aggressive moves. Some of you are just sitting in your comeback, and you're wallowing in your comeback, and you say, woe is me, and you kind of like the attention. Okay, I'm just calling it. You kind of like the attention. You put it on Facebook, social media, and you get all these helpful little, oh, and, and, and yes, there are people who are really trying to make it through their comeback, and they're sharing what's going on in their life, and they're, they're honest, and they're really trying to make changes in their life. Absolutely. But you and I both know some people that just kind of waller in that. They just sit in that. Hey, wake up. Get out of that. And you got to do something. Because your setback is not where God wants you to stay. It's temporary. Just like what we saw with Joseph. It was temporary. Your setback is not your final destination. And it's not where God wants you to be. So you need to make bold, aggressive moves. And you need to do something. Whatever move you make, you need to expect a change in your life. When she reached out and grabbed the outer garment of Jesus, she expected something to happen. She wasn't like, oh, wow. I can't believe it. No way. No. She reached, grabbed, and she wanted it so bad. Her faith was so strong. Do you, in, on your way to your comeback, are you expecting change? Are you making moves expecting change? Your marriage comeback, finance comeback, whatever. Are you making the moves expecting something? It's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go to counseling. <laughs> You're going to be in your setback for a while if that's your approach. But I'm doing something, yes, but you're not expecting change. You're not expecting change. Oh, we've done this before. I'll just do it again. Yeah. Apathy. Apathy will kill your journey on the way to your setback. We also know, we also heard from the woman that she made her comeback known. When you are going to your comeback, you need to make it known. You need to make it known to your friends. Your family, those you trust, you say, all right, I'm done with this. I'm tired of, of, of being in this situation. I've got to do something different. And so you've got to let people know because you, it's going to be hard to do that on your own. So as we come to, to this week, as I prayed and meditated in my own comebacks, and yes, your pastor has comebacks, Absolutely. Guess what? Your pastor is human. <gasps> Those who know me, you know I'm human. <laughs> but in my own comebacks in my life, as I've meditated and I've prayed about my own comebacks, one thing that they, the Lord has spoken to me is this, is that when we try to make comebacks, 
And we fail time and time again. We try to make it come back and we fail. We try to make it come back and we fail. We keep going. We keep going. And it's just, it's not happening. Here's the reason why. The reason why your comebacks aren't working is because you have not built comeback boundaries. You haven't built comeback boundaries. What do I mean by comeback boundaries? Okay? So before you can get to your comeback or start to your comeback, whatever that looks like, you've got to establish some boundaries. The same problems that were around that got you into your setback, guess what? They're still there. And so if you go back, to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a change. I'm going to be like Michael Jackson. I'm going to make a change, you know. And I'm going to go towards my comeback and pretend like everything was fine, even though the things that brought you to your setback are still there. Y'all, you're going to just keep going back. You need to establish boundaries before you even get to your comeback. You have to establish boundaries before. Because if not, you're just going to be right back where you started from. Examples. You want to... You want to come back in your health. Oh, I need to lose some pounds. And it's, it's, my doctor's telling me this and, and all this stuff. Okay, here's some boundaries. Don't go, when you're at the store, don't go down the Bluebell ice cream aisle. Just don't. Okay? The Bluebell that's in your freezer, don't eat it. Just get rid of it. Donate it to a neighbor or, or throw it away. Or bring it to our house. <laughs> no, but I know it's, it's, you know, we laugh and stuff, but listen, these, these, these could be serious issues. If you want to make a comeback in your health, you've got to establish some boundaries. If you need to uh, say, okay, I need to start walking or, or whatever, doing some sort of physical exercise, you've got to make some boundaries in your schedule for that to happen. You've got to set up, you've got to set up those things in your life that will help you do that. Which means, in order to fit that in, you've got to say no to some things. I know it's hard to say no. It's difficult for me to say no. But if you really want it, you'll do whatever it takes. Students, if you need to make a comeback in your grades, might be students here today, like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm not really doing great on my grades right now. I'm, Maybe, maybe you're failing a class already, missing some assignments, whether you're in college or middle school or high school, and, and you are just like, okay, I'm, I'm already starting my setback. I can feel it now. You, you can't make a comeback in your grades if you're, if you're still trying to study when your phone is in your room. That, that's a boundary. You can't. If your phone is in your room, and you're communicating with people, trying to, you know, trying to study. It's you're you're not going to make that comeback. You're not going to make that comeback. Say a comeback in marriage. 
You need to set boundaries against other people. If there, if there is someone in your life that your spouse is concerned about, you need to, you need to cut them off. If there's someone in your life that your spouse is saying, I just, I, I just, I don't trust them. Or I wish you didn't spend much time with them. Or I wish you, you know, didn't go drinking every Tuesday and Thursday with them. Whatever the case may be. You've got to do what you can to cut that boundary, to set that boundary, to cut that off. Because if not, then you're never going to make the comeback that you need to make. So the best story, I think, when it comes to a comeback is the story of Nehemiah. Now, two years ago, we actually walked through the book of Nehemiah and this character. I love the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah has so much there to unpack, so much. I encourage you. It's not a long book. Read Nehemiah slowly. Read through it right in your Bible. It's okay to write in your Bible. Take some notes, highlight, whatever. And so I encourage you, get in with Nehemiah. But let's do a little bit of update on what, where Nehemiah is. So Nehemiah was an Israelite. And so the children of Israel, the Israelites, were exiled to foreign pagan countries. Why? Because of sin in their life. They, they worshiped other gods. Thou shalt now have no other gods before me. That's commandment number uno, okay? So you, you're disobeying that, just even commandment one. All right, well, you continue to do so, and it's causing other issues. So as punishment, you're being exiled. So they were captured by other countries, and they were exiled, and Nehemiah is there with the king of Persia, and Nehemiah is a cupbearer. He's in charge of making sure that the wine is good and it's not poisoned. A pretty important job. I mean, it basically goes from Nehemiah's hands to the king of Persia, the most powerful man in the world at that time. So the children of Israel, they've been exiled for about 70 years. That's a long time. And, and, and Nehemiah grew up in that environment and in that foreign country. But he heard of something, a, a report, actually from his brother uh, who, who visited uh, Jerusalem, and he heard a report of what Jerusalem looked like. If he could just take pictures and give it to Nehemiah, he, he would be, he, he'd be overwhelmed. But it was just word pictures, and it hurt Nehemiah and it really concerned him. We see this in Nehemiah chapter one, verse four. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So let's stop right there. Nehemiah cried out. He wept. He prayed. He fasted. He mourned. The setback of Israel, of Jerusalem, he mourned it. Hey, y'all, if you aren't mourning your setback, then you're never, going, you're never going to make it to a comeback. You have to mourn. You ha it has to cause anguish in your life. You have to pray over it. You have to fast over it. 
Those kinds of, of comebacks require prayer and fasting. And you can go and actually read his entire prayer and starting in, in, in verse 5. But the king saw the sadness in Nehemiah, which is a little bit different. Nehemiah, maybe he was more of a, a kind of a happy, smiling guy. I mean, I would imagine a king would want that. And someone who was giving him some wine and taking care of him. But this day, this particular day, Nehemiah, his face was downcast. And so we see that in chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, the king said to me, what is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Nehemiah set a plan. He mourned over his setback. He knew what needed to be done, and he set a plan, and he shared it. Now, before you can start your comeback, there needs to be a plan set in place. And, and, and we read all through this in the next few verses in, in, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park or forest, so he can give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. When you... When you're planning your comeback, you need to ask God for big things. You need to ask God for big things. You need to plan ahead. He was asking for, for wood out of the king's forest. I, we're going to need some wood. I, I'm going to need some, some letters from you to, for safe travel. I'm going to need some, some foot soldiers to, to travel with me just to make sure we're safe. Me and, and whoever else is going. We, and there's a lot of people that went. And so we need some help. Ask God for big things. And ask boldly. He is planning the construction and gathering of the materials before the comeback even starts. Okay, listen. This is, this is huge. I want to make sure you understand this. Nehemiah knows that something's got to be done. The walls are in shambles. The wall around Jerusalem is broken down. There's no protection. The gates, the gates are, are burnt, have been burnt. And there's several gates around Jerusalem. They are burnt. They do not exist. Something has got to change. So what Nehemiah does is he pre-plans and gathers the materials before he even goes to his comeback. Y'all, in order for your comeback to stick, to stay, not only do you need a plan, but you need to, you need to gather whatever it takes to build the comeback boundaries in your life. 
You need whatever it takes to build the comeback boundaries in your life. Let's say, for example, it's like, well, Frank, I'm, there, there's, there's lots of trash coming into our, our home. This may be you. And as a father, this is something that, that, that I'm constantly, me, uh, Suzanne and I are just constantly just watching over. Do we catch everything? No. But I feel like the biggest thing I do to guard our family is what's coming through our home, through social media, through internet, through phones, whatever. And so you may be sitting here and it's like, okay, Frank, there are things coming into our home, into our, the, the minds of our kids, and, and I'm, I'm fed up with it. It's a major setback. We need a comeback in this area. So you could say, all right, kids, we're going to start watching, we're going to start checking, those kinds of things, and that's good. Or you can say, all right, before we make our comeback, we're going to purchase some devices, we're going to educate ourselves, we're going to establish some things that's going to help us to make sure things are filtered when we're at home and when we're away from home. There is, there is technology that exists that will help you with that. And so rather than saying, we're just going to make a comeback, we're going to help this here, we're just going to, we're just not going to do that anymore. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. You, you, you've got to establish a plan to build that comeback boundary, and you've got to gather the supplies. Marriage comebacks. You need to buy a video series or read a book together or actually call the counselor, set up, put it on, your, on your, the calendar before your comeback begins. Because guess what? In the middle of your comeback, if you try to do that, it, it's not going to work. You're going to be distracted. Because guess what? And Nehemiah knew this. Nehemiah knew we can't go to Jerusalem because guess what? All of our family homes were there. The temple was there. All of this. We'll, we're going to be just so distracted in making sure everything's done that we're going to forget about the wall. If you don't have a wall of a protection around Jerusalem, it doesn't matter what you build inside the city, you're going to be easily accessible to enemies. And so Nehemiah knew that. First and foremost, we are building a wall. And then we'll do the other stuff. And he knew that he had to get those supplies. I mean, I can imagine these these, I don't know what, what you would call them, but big, huge, you know, crates coming over and with horse-drawn buggies and huge wooden wheels and just big timbers coming over. I can, it, it was huge coming from the king's forest and this entourage of, of, of help. And they, they show up and say, all right, we're here and we're building a wall and here's the supplies. Not, hey, I'm Nehemiah, and I'm here to help, and so let's talk about what we can do. Oh, well, we got this to do, and this to do, and this to do. No, we have to build the wall. In order for your comeback to stick, you have got to build a comeback wall. The same thing that got you to your comeback is still there. You have to build a wall of protection 
a comeback wall. So, ask, ask God for big things. Ask God for the forest and the trees in his forest. Ask God for great things. Look what Nehemiah did next in chapter 2, verse 11 through 16. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate, through the jackal wall, well, and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on toward the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered the valley, uh, through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because as yet... I had said nothing to, to the Jews or the priests or nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. You see what Nehemiah is doing? He's inspecting the walls. Because, see, they were in shambles, but they still had some things there. They still had rubble there, maybe even had parts of a foundation. They still had the place where the gates hung on the wall and were firmly established. So he's making notes, he's examining, inspecting the wall to see where he needs to start, where he needs to begin. Listen, before you start your comeback, you need to examine where in your life those things that brought you to the setback, where do you need to start? Where do you need to start? So you need to inspect what's there. While the Israelites were in exile, foreigners moved into and around Jerusalem. So during the 70 years of exile, there's some other people, other nations kind of gather around. They're like, hey, Jews aren't here anymore. I mean, there's a few Jews that were hanging, you know, hanging around, and yes, not everyone was exiled. But you had this, this infiltration of, of, of mixture of Jews and non-Jews, and, and so these, uh, these other foreigners started inhabiting this area. We see this in chapter 2, verse 19 through 20. But when Sanballat, the Horonite, uh, Tobiah, the Ammonite, official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. For, uh, but as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Listen, you don't, need to answer, you don't need to give a huge explanation to the people in your life who could be hating on you. You're gonna have haters. You are. And really, it's just people who are jealous or people who you're having to cut off. Oh, you're just doing it. That's not gonna last. That's not gonna last. You tried that before. You try to get out of debt before. You try to lose weight before. You try to do all this stuff before. That's not going to last. You're going to be back. You're going to have people. People are going to hate you. You're going to have haters. You need to ignore them. You do. You need to ignore them. And you need to get on with the task at hand. We see this in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 2 through 4. Sanballat and Geshem 
sent me this message. Come, let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message. And each time I gave them the same answer. I am doing a great work. I'm on this wall. People are working. I'm not going to waste my time with this. I'm not going to waste my time with you spreading rumors. You know I'm not establishing a, a, a kingdom here. You know I'm not appointing myself as king. I got the permission from the king of Persia. He's actually helping to fund this project. So you're going to have people in your life who won't understand what you were doing. And that's Okay. That's okay. As lovingly as you can, when you are building your your, uh, comeback boundary in your life, you just need to let them know, hey, this is going to happen. I cannot stop. This is what God has called me to do. It's about time. And before I really begin my comeback, this, this is part of the boundaries, and I'm sorry that you are, you're left out. If you really, really want it, you will do whatever it takes. You know, people won't take you seriously until you first build your comeback boundaries. They won't. In fact, you won't take yourself seriously until you first build your comeback boundaries. Again, you're building boundaries around the same things that caused the setback in the first place. You're building boundaries. And you know, you probably have an idea of where those are, of what those are, and who is involved in that, and what actions. But you will not take yourself seriously until you first build your comeback boundaries. But people will take you seriously. We see this finally in in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 18. Love this verse. When all our enemies heard about this, so they completed the wall. They completed the wall. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid, lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. With the help of our God, God is doing a great work. Listen, God wants you. God wants you. You to get out of your setback and make a comeback. And people will eventually see, and you yourself will see, because the power of God will move in your life. But first, before you begin your comeback, you got to build some comeback boundaries. What does that look like?